This is On The Grid on mypodcasthouse.com. G'day everyone and welcome to another episode of On The Grid, powered by the racetalk.com. We'll tell you more about that in just a tick, but we uh, welcome this brand new partnership between uh, us and the racetalk.com, which has been there for a while, so... Uh, it just formalises things, I suppose, between myself and Crowley, who will join us in a tick to talk about the test day. We've also got some big names in the sport coming up, talking to us over the next uh, couple of weeks. Today we'll hear from Shane Van Gisbergen, Fabian Coulthard, Ryan Story, Jack LeBrock and Dave Reynolds. Next week we're going to hear from Jamie Winkup. We're also going to hear from Championship, uh, Championship Elect, I suppose he is, from 2018. In Scott McLaughlin, who'll talk to us as well. So plenty to come over the next couple of weeks in regards to supercar drivers. But it was a massive day this week at Phillip Island where the supercars finally got to take their product out for 2019 for their first official test. And for Mustang drivers, it was a pretty special day. Richard Crowell from the racetalk.com joins us online. Good day to you, Crowley. Hey, Sebecky, how are you? Man, I'm fantastic. First of all, let's talk about this great partnership between uh, mypodcasthouse.com and on the grid and the racetalk.com. As I said, it's been something that we've been doing for a while anyway, but it sort of just formalizes stuff between us and there's some cool stuff to come over the next few over the next few months. Yeah, I think so. Like we we we've been working together for a long time, haven't we? And it just seemed logical that that I've got a website called the race talk that um, follows in-depth stories in the sport and can tell some great yarns and show some great imagery and uh, on the grid for a long time now has been producing great audio content. So it seems like a pretty good idea, I think, that we join forces and promote what each other's doing and generate some more content based out of that because we're talking to some really cool people on the race talk that might not always get a go on, on the grid. So we can file some of that stuff your way and vice versa. There's some cool stuff on the grid that the race talk audience is certainly keen to see. So I think it'll be great. I think we're going to do some cool stuff this year. I, Pretty keen to see what we can do in terms of audio coverage of the sport, which is a pretty uh, niche area that no one really has to be crack at. So I think we're going to have some fun this year, mate. I definitely think we are, mate. We're going to have words, we're going to have audio, and we might even throw in a little bit of video at times as well. So it's going to be a big 2019. It's going to be a massive 2019 for supercars as they invite this brand new Mustang, which has been 18 months in the making. We'll hear from Ryan's story later on in regards to the process of that and the final rollout of the car. I want to hear from you first on a couple of things. Your thoughts on the final look of the car and your thoughts on how it went at the test day at Phillip Island. And for mine, it was just, it was probably the most perfect day that they could have asked for. Yeah, so there's a two-part answer there. On the looks, I'm okay with it. I I always said on social media and and to fans and and friends that I was going to wait until you see the race car in the livery. In in hindsight, I think they might look back and go, releasing the images of the car with that camouflage scheme was probably a bad idea because it just created such a false look on what that car is, which is what it was designed to do because that camo covers up all the curves and the kinks and all the good looking bits of a race car. Um, So maybe that was the bad idea because that attracted quite a lot of negative um, discussion on social media. And then the official launch a week and a half ago of the car with the the white livery and the Ford GT stripes was a little bit more of the same though. People started to get an idea, but with livery on, I think the car looks fine. I I think in Shell V-Power racing colors, it looks excellent. I actually think, think the best one is the monster car. 
of Cam Waters. Well, he does. Well, he, he, it's hard to go wrong with a jet black, yeah. matte black car with green logos, isn't it? But I, I really like the, um, I really like the Will Davison car, the Milwaukee yeah. Tools twenty three yeah, red car. I think that looks good. Um, I think Tickford Racing with with, with the Bottolo car and the super cheap car have just done a usual Tickford Racing and don't have particularly good liveries. Um, but that's been that's been true to form for that team for. For some time, but they've got to balance their commercial considerations. So their cars look like they've crashed into a paint shop sometimes, but that's the way it goes. Um, but I think the car looks fine. I'm I'm perfectly okay with it. I, I the, the biggest story is Ford being engaged in the sport again, and they're providing the safety car, which is great, and they're going to market heavily at all the rounds, which is great. So does the car look exactly like a Ford Mustang road car? No, it doesn't. It was never going to. I can deal with how it looks like. I think it looks pretty tough and, the old adage, and it's been rolled out a few times, and I won't be the last to use it, is that um, if it's winning, every race car is beautiful. And yeah. uh, based on their performance at the test day, they might be doing some winning this year because what a great start for the new car, first, second, and third overall at Phillip Island. Everyone logging lots of laps. Um, like all test days, it's probably not a true indication of who's where because the Red Bull Holden Racing Team cars weren't anywhere near the top 10. So that's a, a question mark over them. But Really promising start. What it does to Shebex is it just puts the process that supercars have got in obtaining parity between these cars into stark focus as being very, very good because you've now got a very well-developed ZB Commodore that raced all last year within a tenth and a half of the brand-new Mustang or vice versa. The Mustang unloaded straight away and was very competitive. So... That's a huge tick for mine on the technical department to Dave Stewart, who of course has now left, and his team at Supercars to nail the parity from the very first test day. That is really impressive. No, it certainly is. Uh, what we did learn out of the test day is that there's a couple of issues that are going to uh, haunt some teams, I think, coming into Adelaide. One is probably the brand-new ECU and uh, how that performs. We know that Mark Winterbottom had some issues where it went into limp mode towards the mm. end of the day. Some teams did, most teams tested the new ECU and most teams had issues at some point. The other thing is we've got drivers who are still getting used to this brand new suspension package and as we hear from Shane Van Gisbergen and a little bit later on in the show, it's not necessarily the best thing for supercars. <laughs> well, in his opinion, but I oh, think yes. broad, yeah, I, I think broadly it's actually going to be a good thing because they just there's so many resources invested into the the springing, the damping, the ride control of these cars. And go back a few years ago, the Triple Eight cars at the Adelaide 500 were clearly in a class of their own with their ride control in the way that they jumped the curbs at the centre chicane at turn one, two, and three. Um, it's such a key part of the sport that whether it's for cost saving or not, and it, you'd argue that there's probably not a massive amount of money to be saved in going from two springs in one corner of the car to one. But um, in terms of making the cars more difficult to drive and more difficult to set up, it's a big tick. And that's important because these things are supposed to be animals. The 650 horsepower, 1,400 kilo race cars, they should be difficult to drive. They shouldn't ride well. They should yeah. oversteer everywhere. They should understeer everywhere. The, the drivers that win championships are the ones that need to pick them up by the scruff of the neck and and wrestle them around. And that's what the fans want to see. And that's what people like you and I who follow the sport closely want to see. And I think this is a good step to it. And all the comments after the test day have been, 
man, you've really got to drive these things now. You, you're up on the wheel, you're working hard, the balance isn't as good as it used to be. That's all a big tick for mine, and I think that will produce great racing. And uh, Mark Dutton was quoted on our friends at Speed Cafe on the night after the test as saying, we struggled. We weren't there. Mm. The, the fact that our cars were 14th and 19th wasn't down to us using old tyres or sandbagging. It was down to the fact that we didn't nail this transition back to the, the single spring on each corner. And that's that's great for the sport because if a team like Triple Eight can miss the window there, then that's going to throw some unpredictable results, at least in the first half of the season, which I think is brilliant. That's what we want to see. So, Carl, we had some teams that were running linear uh, suspension last year. Will they have an advantage, mm. the fact that they already understand what their car does under that, as opposed to a team like Triple Eight that has invested so much in the the dual springs, and now all of a sudden they've got to totally rework their thinking. Yeah, well, a reduction in technology or a change in the rules is always better for the teams with less money. Yeah. And that's what Formula One tries to do every five or six years is give it a big reset. So the teams that don't have the biggest budget and all the development resources that, that the top teams do can have a chance at developing something cool and being at the top. And we saw that with Williams probably almost a decade ago now when they, they discovered the the double DRS thing at the back end or the double diffuser and managed to get their cars at the front of the field. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with that, absolutely. And, and maybe we saw that yesterday, but with the Triple Eight being down the field, having said that, uh, it will be of no surprise to me if those cars don't go out at the Adelaide 500 and blitz everybody like they always do because they're a great race team and, and great race teams bounce back well. But... I think, if anything, it'll just level the playing field even further, which is remarkable in a series which has already got the most level playing field of any touring car championship in the world. So um, I think it's a good thing. Like I said, I, I really that's going to be one of the stories for mine is working out which teams are doing the better job at adapting to that new technical package this year, ECU included with that. Can you explain to me how a V8 supercar breaches a noise breach or breaks a noise breach as it did for Erebus well, because uh, these things are bloody loud anyway. <laughs> Phillip Island is one of the great places to go motor racing in Australia, but it is universally frustrating in that it is governed by ridiculously tight noise restrictions. Now, some of it is for the local residents in and near the circuit, though you could argue that why would you buy a house next to one of the most famous racetracks in the world? Anyway, that's part and parcel of the way motorsport is these it's days. It's like buying a house near an airport and asking for a curfew. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> Correct. How often does that happen? Um, and, and the other thing is that it's for the penguins, apparently, because they don't like the noise. Um, so there's a very strict noise restriction there, but it changes day to day based on the atmospheric conditions. And I've been there on days when it's been quite heavy cloud, quite overcast, and that traps the sound lower in the atmosphere and makes it louder. And there's been cars that have been perfect for years that all of a sudden are getting pinged. Um, it's the strictest circuit in the country with noise restrictions, at least circuits that operate full-time and with national-level racing. So, yeah, re re you'd be frustrated if you're Airbus. And as Barry Ryan said after the test, like we, we've had the same engine and exhaust package for three years. We haven't changed a thing. Mm -hmm. Why is it that all of a sudden we've been pinged? Um, I think they'll be happy, though, with their day. Fourth for David Reynolds. He topped most of the day throughout. Anton Di Pasquale was seventh in the end, but they were 30, 35, 40 laps in the end, less than some of their closest rivals who did a new tyre run at the end of the day. So there's every chance those cars would have been at the front 
it proved that Erebus is going to be very, very good again this year. They've picked up where they left off from last season as legitimate week-in, week-out contenders. And if they can fix their weak tracks this year, then David Reynolds has ever shot at being a, a championship contender. So, yeah, frustrating for them. It's just a quirk of Phillip Island and it's something we have to suffer through if we want to keep racing at that amazing place. And finally, mate, before we let you go and we have listened to some of these uh, drivers that we spoke to during the week, uh, just great to see a bloke like Lee Holdsworth. He's been a fantastic mate of this program for a long, long time. Get the opportunity to actually show that he can still do it. And according to yesterday, he still can. Yeah, 10th fastest in that very, very pretty Irwin racing car, wasn't it? Uh uh, well, the, I'm talking about Winterbottom Bottle, there yeah. in the Irwin, Irwin car, and, and they were 16th. But Holdsworth, yeah, ab- absolutely, and, and gets an opportunity. Shows what um, shows what Tickford Racing have done in the off-season, and they had four very fast cars yesterday at the test. So they, they were quick everywhere, which is impressive. Um, yeah, good to see. And, and, you know, you could say the same for Winterbottom, who's been trashed in the yeah. last 12 months, especially for for being out of form and being spoke by Chas Mostert. You and I have had that discussion on several occasions on this show. So... You know, he had a pretty solid day. Todd Hazelwood was fast, um, just a, a second off the pace, 18th in that ZB Commodore, the ex-Jamie Wincap car that Matt Stone Racing is now running. So that's impressive. Um, Jimmy Golding was fast in Gary Rogers' car, was 11th overall and 6 tenths off. So uh, the Boost Mobile cars, which will, will unveil their livery before the Adelaide 500, maybe they're going to be good. And it was interesting that Jimmy Golding was in front of Richie Sanoway, one of the most talked-about drivers of the off-season. So... Yeah, lots to like, um, lots of stories. And I, I think we're going to see some changes at the front. I, I hope we see Tickford Racing back in great form this year because the sport needs them to be competitive with the DJR team Penske and Triple Eights of the world because it's a great story if they are. And as a sport, we want Cameron Waters as a young gun and we want Chasey Mostert to be fighting out for race wins every weekend because that's just good for the future of what we're doing. And um, you know, Nissan had a pretty quiet day yesterday, but I think they're looking pretty solid with their aero upgrades and engine changes as well. So hopefully Rick Kelly can be somewhere in the mix at some point this year as well. Were you surprised to see Todd Kelly put up his hand and possibly uh, drive in the Enduros this year? Uh, no, because we're racing car drivers. Yeah, they are, exactly. <laughs> you know, they say yeah. they're retired. Mark Blundell, former Formula 1 driver and IndyCar race winner, has just announced he's coming back to the British Touring Car Championship. There you go. Hasn't raced since 2013. So they're never retired, Chebex, no. I don't think. Racing car drivers are crazy. They'll always try and find a way to get back into a car. Yeah, they certainly will. Quasi, always great to have you on, mate, and we'll uh, do it on a, a, a very regular basis this year, mostly uh, every week, uh, especially after supercar events and, and the like anyway. It's going to be a great relationship between On The Grid and mypodcasthouse.com and also theracetalk.com. Thanks for your time today, mate. We'll have a listen to some of these drivers now, and we'll talk to you next week. Looking forward to it, mate. Should be good. Richard Crowell joining us here on The Grid, powered by theracetalk.com. Welcome back. This man has always got something interesting to say. And when he has something to say, he just goes out and says it. And he does in this interview, Shane Van Gisbergen from the Holden Racing Team, Red Bull Racing, joined us for a chat at the launch the other day. Of course, the 2016 Supercar Champion. Spoke about a number of things, about the losing Craig Lowndes to the outfit and how that may affect them. 
the suspension situation with supercars and how that is going to affect the cars and how it's going to affect him personally and, well, just a couple of other things, life in general. Here's Shane Van Gisbergen. Catching up with Shane Van Gisbergen and Shane... Do you quickly get over the disappointment of last year? Did that sort of like leave the next day? I raced uh, the week after in Abu Dhabi, so yeah, had to drive for another team, and yeah, you got to perform at your best. It was an interesting year, wasn't it? It was just the closeness of the competition. Uh, yeah. To be involved in that, what was that like? Yeah, pretty good, but that's the best thing about our series, and I reckon this year will be even closer. Unfortunately, they've dumbed down the cars, taken the suspension out and everything which is a bit average for the engineers and stuff, but it'll make everyone so much closer. So I think this year is going to be really cool from a competition front, but um, shame in some ways. The cars are more simple, but it's going to be awesome. So it's sort of like equalising the competition to an extent? Yeah, exactly. There's just They've taken away the biggest tuning tool that everyone had, so it's an int- I don't know how it's going to shape out. It'll be interesting. So you're looking forward to a totally different feel tomorrow when you get in the car for the first yeah, time yeah. practice? Yeah, the car will be be really different driving with just four springs in the car you know so um yeah and you can't do anything tricky which is cool they've simplified everything but it'll be tough to get right 2019 uh, your yep. thoughts on the season it's a, a different sort of season we go night racing in perth yep. obviously and there's a few other things and, and bathurst being the first yep. of the enduro races it's, they've made some really weird decisions haven't they but um for me having garth that's going to be a big strength Bathurst being the first race, especially, you know, he's won it three times, fresh out of a main driver role, and I haven't won Bathurst, so I just, I don't know how, I guess, so I need that experience, it's really going to help me, I'll try and learn as much as I can, you know, that's the last thing I need to tick off in my career, I guess, um, but yeah, no expectations for this year, I've um, got the same car, same engineer, all my same mechanics, everything's there for me to do a good job, and the preparation's been alright, so no reason why we can't do it, but we have to perform. Did you have a say in Garth as soon as you knew that Garth no. was available? Did you ring up and say, get him? No, I uh, was away on holiday in New Zealand, turned off from V8 World, and RD texted me, uh, and he said, uh, I've changed your co-driver, give me a call. And I'm like, oh shit, what's happened now? <laughs> and he gave him a call, and he said he's got Garth, so that was good news. Yeah, yeah. Great news. You and Scotty are pretty good mates, so yep. I'm sure you're so wrapped for him that he won the chair. If yeah, it was yeah, going to be yeah. anyone, it was going to be him. Yeah, I think if it wasn't me or my teammate, it's good to see Scotty win. I've watched him come up at, you know, through Stone Brothers, and he's obviously an awesome little driver and a great guy as well. And probably one of my downfalls, I don't influence the media enough, and they just made a stupid blow-up of the rivalry last year. And, of course, there was a rivalry, but it um, was blown up a bit more than it should have been. But, you know, every, after every round, you go and have a beer and get on with life and have fun. But... Um, you know, of course you want to beat everyone, or beat him, but you want to beat everyone else too, so, yeah, it was good. The excitement of the Mustang coming into the competition, yep. we obviously don't know what the hell it's going to do. Is, yep. that, is that sort of good in a way? Um, yeah, I think it's all right. Um, I believe in the V8 system for the parity, um, and for us last year we were radical with the way we changed the aero balance, um, so we had to tune our car a lot. I don't know what they've done, how different it is to the FG, was it? Yeah. So whether they'll have to learn much, I'm not, I'm not sure. But it, it looks weird, which is a shame. You know, I was pretty excited about the Mustang. So it's a bit of a shame that the chassis is the way it is. But I'm sure they'll fix that next generation. But it'll be cool to have them on the grid. It's a pretty iconic racing brand, isn't it? Yeah, it certainly is. A final one for you. Losing a yep. guy like Craig Lowndes out of the, yep. the, the unit. 
does that take all that experience you've lost for him? Does yeah. that sort of hurt the team marginally to the extent that he's not there yeah. week in and week out to, to yeah. give you that critical information? Yeah, it does definitely. Just having a, one less car of, of data, but with two cars you can focus a lot more, a lot more expertise and maybe less opinions as well sometimes. But definitely losing Craig will hurt in some areas. Um, he's awesome to have around, knows his stuff, been around forever. But um, he'll still be there, still be in on debriefs and stuff as well and, and help us. But in some areas it might it may hurt. But um, the two-car model works. You know, they won last year and Triple Eight won a lot in the past with two cars. So I'm sure we'll be okay. But, yeah, definitely losing Craig Hurts. Wishing you all the best, mate. Thank you. Cheers. made of the Mustang coming into supercars for 2019 and it's been 18 months I suppose a uh, a labour of love for a lot of people getting the Mustang out onto the track what a fantastic debut it had at the Phillip Island test day will that equate to anything in Adelaide we don't know yet we'll find out in a couple of weeks time but at the DJR Team Penske launch earlier in the week I was able to catch up with Ryan Story and talk to him about the Mustang package and just how it might go in 2019. Oh, catching up with Ryan Story, Ryan, after what's been 18 months of a, a labour of love, I suppose, there's the baby. She looks good. It's, it's come up a real treat and we can't wait to see it on the track. You've obviously had it out on the track for a little bit of a, 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 a uh, shakedown. First impressions? Yeah, Scott was pretty 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 comfortable with the car straight out. I mean, the shakedown is only 60 kilometres, so you don't you don't get a real feel for it. It's more a systems check and making sure that, the, that when you build a new car, that it's ready to go. So, uh, Phillip Island this week, the test that's the that's the big that's the big one for us, and that's really when we uh, it's the first time we've actually track tested the car in its final homologated uh, iteration. That's really when we'll get an understanding of where we're at. So, how do you prepare for a test day like that? I mean, so many things could go wrong, couldn't they, on that test day, and then all of a sudden it's back to the drawing board. Well, that's that's the big challenge. First of all, you've got to make sure that you're well prepared and that the cars are prepared, which is which is certainly what we've done. And the, the guys have been burning the midnight oil in, in building the cars and getting them ready to uh, to hit the track this week. So we're we're pretty pretty excited about it. But the engineers have been doing a lot of work too. So it's a, it's, a, it's quite a lot to understand a new race car and how to make it work. And, we're keeping our expectations in check, but we certainly want to return Scott and Fabian to the winner's circle sooner rather than later in this car. And I was going to ask you about Scott and his defence of his championship, obviously, from 2018. Do you feel a, an obligation, I suppose, to make sure that you give him that best opportunity? And, and are you doing that with a brand-new car? Look, I believe we are. I think we've, we've ended up with a, with a, with a package that's a, a really nice refinement from where we've been. And, and basically, we often say that an engineer can never unlearn what they've learned. And... Uh, the, uh, the car that we've ended up with is something that uh, we're really excited about. But uh, the Falcon was at the end of end of its road. I mean, the, basically there were parts there that dated back to the FG Falcon, which were originally developed in 2008. So she was a little bit long in the tooth, but uh, we certainly got the most out of it last year. And I think it was a fitting farewell to Falcon to come away with the championship. And it's a great way to start 2019 with a new car. It's a great way to try and tr- tr- try and back uh, back up 2018's form with the. Uh, some success in this new thing. Is it too early from an engineering point of view for me to ask you the question, is there anything you would have done different with this new car? 
I think if we had more time, there's things that we would do differently. I think that the compressed nature of, uh, of the development of the Mustang is probably the only thing we would change. But that's 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 the way these things uh, these things go sometimes. When you get when you get the call up to uh, to develop a car like this, you you take it and run, and, and you work with the time available. As a team principal, how exciting is it for you going into a brand new year as a having a driver as a champion and being such a great team? Obviously, it makes it so much easier to keep that motivation going, doesn't it, within the team through the summer, the hot, long summer months, especially with this development. Well, everyone's pumped. Everyone back at uh, back at the workshops pumped, and uh, we've got 40, 40 odd staff, and they're they're really excited to go racing with this car in particular, but also to back up our form from last year. And very proud of the results we achieved last year, and we want to be able to prove that we can do it again. And also the availability, of the ability, I should say, of you guys to actually really put your hand up last year and say, we are now a fully-fledged part of this Penske team. We've provided wins, we've now provided a championship. To be a part of that greater family must also be a massive benefit for the team as well. What's important, I mean, there's an expectation when, when, you, when you think of the name Penske that, uh, that you have success and that you win on the racetrack, and that's been our objective from day one. It took, it took, us, it took us a couple of years to really find our feet, particularly as a two-car team, and hitting our straps in 2016 and it wasn't until 2017 when we when we found uh, a top step of the top step of the podium there but uh, in, in in the time that we've been DJ our team Penske we've managed to rack up a driver's championship and a team championship and we're pretty proud of that and, but uh, we're under no illusions of, of how much work it's going to require to maintain that level of operation and to continue to compete at that level. Congratulations on what you've achieved with the new car you and the team and uh, good luck in 2019. Thanks Tony, cheers. Oh, she's sweet but a psycho, a little bit psycho At night she's screaming, I'm on my mind, out my mind Oh, she's hot but a psycho, so left but she's right though At night she's screaming, I'm on my mind, out my mind She'll make you curse, she a blessing She'll rip your shirt First year's always a tough year for supercar drivers. Jack LeBrock had a fairly inconsistent year, had a couple of good top 10 finishes for the Techno team, but also had a couple of finishes down towards the bottom of the field as well. Will 2019 be different with the year under his belt? Let's find out as we caught up with Techno Racing's Jack LeBrock. Jack LeBrock joins us, made another year with Techno. Uh, what'd you take out of 2018? Uh, 2018 was, was good for us. It's uh, was, I suppose our first season, so we didn't have a whole lot of expectations on on the results we, that we wanted to get. But yeah, we had a good run. We had a had top five there, four more other top tens, and pretty good consistent results at some parts of the year. So um, yeah, it's a good rookie season. Learn a lot, and uh, I'm actually looking forward to coming back to 2019 in the same car, similar environment. So uh, it's the first time for me backing it up a second year in the same car. So. Uh, yeah, it'll be, um, be interesting and I'm looking actually forward to getting back into the car on Thursday just to um, yeah, basically be around the same um, environment and surroundings in the car. Yeah, and you talk about consistency and that is so important, isn't it? The, the fact that you, you got your head around a package last year and now you get your, to chance that chance to put what you learnt into, uh, into action. Yeah, definitely. I learned heaps uh, last year, so it'd be, it'd be awesome bringing all that into into 2019. And we've got a few upgrades as well coming our way, which is going to be great. And it's um, yeah, hopefully help help us tune the car a little bit nicer and get on top of it earlier in the weekend. But yeah, just the experience I've got now, I think we're just going to be able to hit the ground running a lot more early in the year. And yeah, it'd be cool. We're just um, to try and push forward for, further towards the front. And um, few, so there we go. Few changes in supercars this year, none more so than the Mustang. Are you looking forward to coming up against that and giving that a, a red hooker? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, it's the first time I've seen one today, and uh, it'd be cool to see how see how they perform actually, and, and see the difference between when you're behind them and whether they create a little bit of aero wash and make our cars react. So um, 
Yeah, it'd be cool. I'm actually looking forward to seeing how it all plays out. Night racing in Perth, your thoughts on that? Awesome. Yeah, love, I love going to Perth as it is. And um, yeah, the whole SMP night race last year was awesome. And, but to do that in Perth around a smaller circuit, it's going to be yeah, pretty close and um, yeah, fast racing. So uh, yeah, looking forward to getting back there and new surfers as well. So it'll be, um, be an interesting weekend. I'm sure you're one of those blokes, as everyone does, sets their goals for the year. Can you share with us what yours are for the season? I mean, are we looking at just a, a top 10 to finish, a top 5 finish? Where do you think you can be? Uh, yeah, it's going to be, well, I'd love to say top 10 at the end of the year in championship, but it's very hard for, for us younger guys, I feel, coming in. It's always hard to piece together a whole year. So, um, yeah, for, as a round-by-round round sort of basis, we'd love to get a few more top 5s going and uh, just a little bit more consistent, more top 10s going on when we can. So um, then, yeah, whatever plays out at the end of the year with the championship, we'll just see where we, uh, where we drop. Wish you all the best, mate. Thank you. Cheers. Two thousand and eighteen wasn't a fantastic year for Fabian Coulthard. His teammate, of course, went on to win the championship. Of Fabian, with pretty much the same sort of equipment, wasn't able to achieve that. A lot of reasons for that. We'll hear from Fabian why, and we're also going to hear from Fabian as he spoke to the media at the uh, DJR Team Penske launch the other day as to how he believes the new Mustang could help him win a championship. How are you feeling? Ready, Great. ready, rearing to go? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. We've had a good break. Uh, got to spend some time with the kids, quality family time, and got to duck over to America and things like that. So it was, um, you know, it was, it was good. Do you like the look of the car? What do you like about the car? How's that? I think from when everybody first saw it with the blue camo, it disguised the actual shape of the car probably too good. I think now it's got our Shell V-Power livery on it. Now you see the shape of the car, the lines and, and things like that. And I think it looks awesome. You know, half the battle's looking good and I think we've ticked that box. The other half is going fast. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so how's it handling? Are you looking forward to Thursday? I'm looking forward to you know, testing when everybody else is there. Um, it's, it's hard to test by yourself and sort of know where you're at. Um, I haven't driven the current configuration after it come back from the Aero test. Um, Scott drove it uh, at his shakedown. So he's probably got a better analogy of what it's like in its current form. But yeah, I'm looking forward to getting out there at Phillip Island and having a go. What do you expect out of Thursday, Fabs? I mean, there's every chance you could be two or three seconds off the pace. There's every chance you could be point two. So where do you expect you'll probably be? Oh, it's a million-dollar question. Um, we, we don't know. We physically don't know. So um, Is that daunting, going into a, a test out like that, not knowing what you've got? Not really. You know, it's part of the excitement. So uh, I think you know, the guys uh, that have been involved in the project um, have a fair idea of what they're doing and I think they've given us the best package they think's going to do the job. So like I say, until we drive the car, when everybody there is there on the same day, um, we're not really going to know where it's at. What do you need in this car that you didn't have last year to uh, tune the results up a bit? Um, I feel like we need a little bit more downforce. You know, we need some straight line speed. Uh, we had to run such little downforce to keep up in the straights, um, which is probably the thing that hurt me the most last year. Um, you know, Scott could get away with it, suited his style, but it just didn't suit my style. So hopefully this car and this package, the way it is, um, will be a step in the direction which will help me. 
It's the world's biggest rear wing, so if you're looking for rear instability, that should uh, <laughs> hopefully provide it for you. <laughs> Smiley face. Hey, can you fire in that emoji? <laughs> Obviously quite a challenging year for you last year. How have you sort of reacted from that in the off-season? Do you sort of draw a line under it? How do you look at this year? I don't think last year was a complete waste. Um, you know, our championship got derailed slightly earlier in the year and, you know, our focus changed to helping Scott. Um, and, you know, we got there in the end. So, um, you know, the, the team wanted a driver's championship, you know, uh, repay all the faith with Roger and, and Dick and, and win a championship for the team. Um, but this year we start off with a clean slate. We start again. You know, we start both races with zero points, and you know we see how it tracks and progresses from there. But the last part of the year, I feel like you know we were as good as Scott. Um, you know we had you know the same sort of pace, um, and you know I think you know, come this year we should be looking okay. Is it a pivotal year for yourself? You find? I think every year you know is pivotal. You know you you want to do the best you can. Um, but yeah, it's a team environment, it's a business. Uh, if we can put all eggs in one basket and, and make one car win, then that's what we'll do. This is On The Grid on mypodcasthouse.com. Well, he's got a big Bathurst trophy sitting on his shelves. The only thing he hasn't got yet is a Supercars Championship trophy. And one feels that for Dave Reynolds, this isn't too far away after a solid year in 2018 where he was right up in the top four in the championship for pretty much most of the year until the last couple of races Dave Reynolds really put his hand up and said I'm going to give this my best shot consistency in the team gives him probably his best chance I reckon in 2019 Erebus Racing's Dave Reynolds spoke to us here on the grid what's up what's up Dave Reynolds uh Becky it has been, man. It's been a few months. Uh, Do you have a good break? I had a fantastic one, thank you. Get away. Oh, yeah, went all around the world. Went uh, France, Monaco, skiing, uh, Amsterdam with my boss, Betty. She took me over there for about 10 days. Pretty mega. Then went Miami, Bahamas. Tried to go to Fire Festival, but it didn't happen. I, I could do it. I could do a whole you don't separate. Know what fire no, 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 I do don't. It. But I'm going to say I could do a whole separate podcast on you, Betty, in Amsterdam. That would just be no, well, an interesting chat. It was good, mate. It's a weird place, but a lot it of is. fun. It's cool. A lot of weird shit goes on, but I hope Australia can be that one day. But the supercars track's a weird place as well. A lot of weird shit goes on there. Also, a lot of weird stuff. Yeah, yeah. weird stuff. Uh, 2019, you're excited about the year. You've had a, a Bathurst win. Now you had a really good crack at the championship in 2018 put it all together in 2019 could be a ripper year mate there's, there, it could be there's a few factors to play out though you know there's a new Mustang um, so it depends on how that rolls out aero wise compared to our Holdens and Nissans um, the, the, the twin springs been bad so it's a couple of technical rule, rules have changed within the sport which could which will affect each individual car and team um, but it could actually help us more than anyone because our cars ran mostly linear the whole time so it's really not a big change for us yeah, yeah a, a few other drivers have obviously complained pretty heavily thinking that that's where they get a bit of them sort of parody again the multiple people on pole as possible so as long as you as long, you just want to know at the end of the day if you drive your car as hard as you can you set it up well you're in, the, in with a chance because sometimes that categories like Formula 1 and stuff they can drive the car as best they can but they don't have the engine power or the aero yeah. to go with it so you know 
as long as we know in this. Mate, we talk about consistency being a, a big thing in this category, and for you guys, there's been some fantastic consistency off the track. Yep. The team is pretty much the same going into 2019, which I think is probably a great thing for you blokes because you learnt so much in 2018. Yeah, we, every time we hit the track, we learn. We grow as a team, and every year or every every track we turn up to, we're, we're a better team than we were the last round. So, you know, we've had basically almost the same crew for a couple of years now. And we're just going from strength to strength. Uh, when I first joined the team, we were the second worst team in pit lane based on points. And now we we finished third in the team championship last year, so we're technically the third best team. So, you know, that's a massive turnaround in a short time. It certainly is. Uh, what drives you to step back in the car for 2019 for another me? year? Is it the fact that you know that you're probably a realistic chance of maybe winning this championship? Is it the fact that yeah, you just love yep. driving? What is it? All those things, but also... Um, you know, at the at the end of the day, I try and drive for the for the boys and girls that work really hard on my car, and you know everyone that puts the extra time in, works their works their guts out to put the car on show and deliver the best car to me, so I can take it take that car and try and win the races to to prove that you know they're they're the best team in pit lane. You sound like that a gives basketball. me that gives hey. You sound like a basketball team over in America. I win, everyone wins. Well, it gives me gives me a good feeling, like you know, if you. If the camera's in the garage and you put a good, you know, shootout time in, and they get a really big buzz, and yeah. you know, you see all the all the screams and shouts, and everyone's hands go up, you know, that really at the end of that's where I do it. Free chicken for the team. Free chicken. That's what they do in the states. Yeah. They put up a big thing. If our team wins today, everyone in the it's stadium free gets free chicken. Oh, that's like when I was at the um, when I was at the the basketball in Australia. Yeah. And if the opposition got two free two three throws in a row yep. hungry jacks had gave everyone a free burger there you go something, did it happen? Like, something like that yeah it did happen <laughs> yeah it's hilarious fantastic mate hopefully we can all jump on board and enjoy the celebrations of 2019 with you and who knows what the year could bring wishing you all the best thanks tony you're, you're a legend thanks Thank you, mate. You. so are you Well, that wraps up another episode of On The Grid here on mypodcasthouse.com, powered by theracetalk.com. We'll catch you again next week as we continue to preview the start of the 2019 Supercar Series. We'll also speak to Braxy next week and get a preview of the World Superbikes down at Phillip Island.